Yo, yo, yo. One, two, one, two. This is Rebels in the Morning. Wake up. With Luca and Tristan. Live from KUNV Studios. It's Rebels in the Morning. All righty. Good morning, everybody. I am Luca Pastorino. I am here with my co-host. Hello, everybody. My name is Tristan. I'm here with Luca for Rebels in the Morning. Yeah, we are hosting our little show here where we talk about our student organizations here on campus. And we have a lovely guest today, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Absolutely. Hello, everyone. My name is Michaela Franklin, and I'm the student body president here at UNLV. All right, Michaela. So let's jump right into it. Right off the bat, tell us about your day-to-day as the student body president and the many other hats that you wear at UNLV. What do you do on a daily basis for UNLV? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the biggest one is um, office hours, right? Making sure that I am available for students to come into the student union on third floor for any questions that they have, um, for students to drop in to ask about, you know, funding, scholarships, um, open positions that we have on campus. And so um, that takes up most of my day. Um, From there, you know, just doing some meetings um, with other people around campus with higher administration, um, because that is my job, right, is to um, build the bridge between higher administration and the student voices um, and kind of be that um, advocate and that voice for students. And so um, we get a little bit into that. And then, you know, um, actual CSUN meetings that we have in the evenings that range from, you know, Senate meetings, executive board meetings, and then all of our little committee meetings, Ways and Means, that does RSO funding, um, internal affairs, university initiatives scholarships and grants and things like that. Gotcha. Sweet. So in your bio, it says that you aim to help nourish a sense of community here on campus. How have you accomplished that so far? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that between the different um, activities and the different outreach opportunities, I think that uh, CSUN and my, and my cabinet, at least, have been really good at um, reaching out to students and RSOs to, um, you know, bring together that community. I think after the tragic, um, you know, uh, event that happened on December 6th, there's a lot of community building that we've been doing. A lot of how can we bring the, uh, you know, UNLV community together? How can I speak to the president and say, hey, how do we ensure that everyone wants to come back to UNLV? How do we make sure there is that sense of UNLV rebel pride here at UNLV? And so, um, just little things like that, you know, we're starting to kick off our um, elections. And so ensuring that people feel heard and, um, you know, make sh- making sure that people feel that their voices are being um, represented the right way um, is something that's really important to us. And so I think through there and then a lot of marketing, right? I think that marketing does bring people together. And so between, um, you know, shirts and uh, business cards and um, different little gadgets that, you know, uh, CSUN pulls out and puts out during involvement fair does a lot of community building as well sweet all right i'm gonna pass the buck over to tristan here if you got some questions you want to ask as well so um during like the beginning of the year address you know we had all of like those new students we were in the tom or the cox pavilion i believe and um and you talked for a little bit and you talked about how you you know coming into unlv you wanted to kind of make your college experience like that perfect college experience do you think that you've been able to do that here at UNLV? Absolutely. I think, um, like I said, you know, in that little, um, whatever, three-minute speech that I gave that morning, um, I wanted to ensure that when I walked into college that I was giving, I was going to create an experience that I was never going to forget, um, especially even walking into COVID. And between all of the leadership opportunities that I've held and all of the outreach that I've done and all of the community building and the, the connections that I've made here at UNLV, I think that I've 
you know, gone beyond making just, you know, a simple college journey and a simple college experience. Um, so much so that I want to stay for grad school. So I guess UNLV is doing something right. So uh, sorry to jump in here, but what do you want to study for grad school? Yeah, so um, I'm going to get, hopefully, you know, if I get accepted, um, get my master's in the executive hospitality um, field. I'm currently taking three master classes as is. So, you know, I'm hoping that I get into the school. So these three classes are worth something. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. Well, um, you, you kind of talked about, you know, how you were engaging in those different leadership opportunities, you know, here on campus, really taking advantage of those different resources. Would you say, you know, for all of these, you know, current undergraduate students, you know, here at UNLV, that it's really important to take advantage of those opportunities to kind of maximize your UNLV benefit? Yeah, it's, it's crucial. It is absolutely crucial that you get involved. It is crucial that you find those resources. Um, and so, like I said, let's start at the first step, right, getting involved. It's really important that you are um, ensuring that you are finding student organizations, you're fr- finding um, people to hang out with, you're finding um, places to you know, study and places to find research opportunities because then from there you get all of those resources. And I think that's the biggest thing that UNLV could always improve on is ensuring that students know how to reach the resources that are absolutely available to them. We pay so much money every year to be here as students here at UNLV, and that goes into resources that are free to us, um, you know, with our tuition that we're paying that I don't think a lot of students know about, right? And so that's one of the biggest things that I've done in CSUN is that we have a CSUN resource newsletter that goes out every month that tells you about different scholarships that are opening, um, how to you know fund your RSO, like step-by-step guide and things like that. And so we need to do a lot more of that. And the best way for students to know about the resources that CSUN offers is through getting involved. And so it's absolutely crucial that students take that step beyond, you know, just going to class and just coming here to to submit an assignment um, to really enrich themselves in the UNLV community so they can reach and touch those um, resources. Because if I, you know, sat here and decided that I wanted to only go here for school, I would never be where I am now offering the opportunities that I am to other students. Sure. So you mentioned it a little bit, but I was curious if you could go into a little bit more what some of the resources that CSUN actually offers are. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's start with the big one that I've been mentioning a lot. Um, We do a lot of funding for um, registered student organizations here on campus. Um, We will fund, um, you know, orgs up to $10,000, depending on how many um, active people you have in that that organization. And that is the the, the biggest thing that is helpful. Um, We have a lot of scholarships. Um, We do grants. We do sponsorships um, through CSUN. So, you know, the bike shelters that residents are able to use, you know, went through CSUN. The period products that you can see in the library and in the student union, you know, went through CSUN. So we have a lot of um, uh, initiatives and projects that goes through CSUN um, that, you know, are here for the benefit of students. Um, We offer free um, uh, little scantrons and like the exam books. I don't think a lot of students know that if you go to the third floor in the CSUN offices, we offer free um, things um, for them to use so you don't have to go to the library and pay for them. Um, a lot of um, textbook funding, you know, comes from CSUN as well that you can get from the library um, because they have actual textbooks. They have about two to three textbooks for your classes, which I don't think that anyone know- knows that um, the library holds in the back. So if you go and ask, you can check them out like a library book. Um, and then obviously, you know, the biggest resources we have paid 
uh, positions in CSUN. You can get paid to be a leader here on campus. You can get paid to represent your college here on campus. You can get paid to do my job. You can be get paid to be the student body president. Um, and I think that a lot of students get really nervous and really scared about being in those positions, but that is that is the best position to be in. You are um, at the top of your game, um, being the top of your college and the top voice um, for your constituents and your students. And even, you know, if that's too big of a step, right, being um, an intern in CSUN, that's a, that's a, another huge resource is you get to learn about all three branches that we hold that oversee um, all of the undergrad, undergraduate students. That's the best way to see how the university works behind the scenes is, you know, if you have questions on how am I getting represented and why is this decision being made on my behalf and, you know, why is tuition going up and I don't know about why tuition is going up. This internship program will allow you to see all three branches and all of, you know, the reasoning why and allows for students to ask questions um, before they step into a paid position, I guess, um, which is a huge resource that I think that I love taking advantage um, when I first got here to UNLV. Right on. Well, you know, you kind of, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You you said, you know, you, well, obviously you wear a lot of different hats. You're super involved. You're all over the place. You know, I know that you're involved in the RHA. Um, how do you like balance like all of that all at once? You're doing so many classes. You're going to be graduating. You're doing CSUN, RHA. Like, how do you balance it all? That's a funny question because I don't. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't balance it. It's a day by day process. Um, when, when people ask about my time management, um, I wake up and hope for the best every day. Um, I do have, you know, like a calendar, monthly calendar. I have a weekly to-do list. I have a day to, daily to-do list that, you know, I check off. But um, when you love what you do enough, it kind of just comes easy. Um, it just fits into the day-to-day process. Um, and so holding the hats that I hold has not been done before. Um, there's a lot of conversations about how do I hold student body president as well as the residence hall association president, as well as all of the classes that I'm taking, as well as all of the o- other organizations that I'm, you know, helping out in. That's not something that, you know, UNLV has ever seen before. And so it's it's hard to balance it, right? Because, you know, I am um, representing so many different people. And so when I say things and I am coming to, you know, speak on behalf of people, I have to figure out which hat I'm going to wear. And so it's not always an easy thing to do. Um, but like I said, I love what I do and I love being able to represent all of the students here on campus, no matter what hat I'm wearing. And so it kind of just flows with the wind, I guess. Um, And I just, you know, like I said, hope for the best every day that, you know, I don't forget anything. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I I think that that's kind of what a lot of college students, especially here at at the university, um, definitely kind of think about. I don't think a lot of people have an exactly like a game plan of kind of like what they're going to like oh yeah, you know, I'm going to balance everything exactly <laughs> yeah. like this. Um, so it's really cool that you do have kind of a schedule and you do kind of take it day by day. And it's it's really cool that, you know, like you mentioned, you're kind of like the first person that's been able to go, you know, CSUN, you know, the student body president yep. and the RHA president, as well as, you know, be involved in these other things. It's kind of, you're kind of like a, a UNLV celebrity right <laughs> out there. Um, what about you, Luca? You got any questions for her? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to uh, be a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more brevity here. Okay. So I just want to see, what is your favorite event that you've worked on through CSUN? Mm. Was it the most successful event or why is it your favorite? That's a good question. Favorite event that I have thrown in CSUN. 
I would have to say my sophomore year, I uh, was the associate director of campus life, and we somehow pulled off monthly parties in the Pidas um, for all cultural month. Um, and I think the biggest one that we had was our um, AAPI month in May. Um, we had so many different caterers come out. We had, um, you know, like a whole carnival, you know, sitting outside of the student union. We had a really great turnout, um, a lot of um, interaction with that. And, I, and I, a lot of feedback I got was, you know, the AAPI students felt heard. They felt like they were being celebrated and they loved that. Um, in relation to that, we had a black, we did the same thing, a Black History Month. Um, it started to snow that day conveniently because it was supposed to be outside. I don't, I've never seen Vegas snow except for that day when I, when my event was supposed to be outside. Um, but we moved it inside and that was like the first time in my UNLV experience that I saw that many black people in one space. And for me, that was huge, right? To throw a CSUN event and see that many black people understanding that there's only 9%, um, you know, on UNLV's campus was really amazing to see. Um, and that's not a lot of students. And so for me, having that large of a show out was so cool. There was, um, you know, so many different foods, so many different RSOs that decided that they wanted to come and table, which kind of really brought the whole UNLV community together. Those parties in the Pidas were top of the line for me. I loved every minute of those. All right. So so parties in the Pidas is your answer, yeah? Yeah, parties in the Pidas. All right, sweet. Um, so this is another, another light question. Okay. Just, you know, trying to keep it a little bit little bit low tension here um, <laughs> if you could collaborate with any person for your job real fictional historical who would be your number one person you'd want to work with and why oh goodness oh goodness that's a good question I feel like you know I think everyone would answer would be like you know an actual president that we had but I feel like that was that's just like too easy of a question you know who I would want Kid president. You know that little kid who like does those YouTube videos, who's like kid president, he has like such inspirational <laughs> <laughs> little speeches. I would want to work with him because somehow he's doing something right. Everyone loves watching his videos. He always has like such an inspirational word being so young. Yeah. I would want I would want it I would want to collaborate with kid president. That'd be so cool. Oh, that'd be so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. So we've talked a little bit about the different hats you wear, be it orientation leader, national communications coordinator for the RHA, as well as the president. Uh, you are president of CSUN, of course, College, Hospi uh, College of Hospitality Student Advisor Board. It's a lot of hats to wear. Yes. How do these different jobs interact with your goal of creating a sense of community? Yeah, absolutely. So being able to have my hand in so many different, you know, pots and places allows for me to take, um, you know, what each group is doing and kind of put them together to create that sense of community. Every piece of UNLV, um, ha it's like a it's like a heart with veins, right? Every vein works together in order to get blood to the to the heart, which is the UNLV community at the end of the day. And so, ensuring that you know you're understanding how all of these things connect and kind of bringing them together is how you create that sense of community. So, starting with you know orientation later, 
we're bringing students into UNLV. This is their first time at UNLV. This is their first time at school. How do you ensure that they understand that they're a rebel at the end of the day? And so there's this huge family that's backing them up and they don't have to feel like this is like a scary college experience that they're alone in, right? And so being like, okay, look, I'm in this, 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 and that. So when you want to get involved, let me know. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you to take you to the right people and tell you the right things to do to get involved. Um, you know, being an RHA, there are so many things that need to happen and need to be fixed and, and problems and voices that need to be heard. But I can take that and say, okay, on a CSUN level, hey, Mr. President, hey, you know, Vice President and of Student Affairs, here are the issues that my residents are going through. I'm going to tell you as student body president, but then I also need you to come and see me as the, you know, RHA president to understand what these people are going through. And then, you know, CSUN overall, those the, being the president, being like, okay, I'm doing all of these things, you can too. And at the end of the day, right, understanding that all of these students know that I'm a student at the end of the day. And if I can do it, they can do it too. And so being able to, you know, really grab that inspiration out of them and say, hey, let's step up and all together collaborate and create that sense of community, like, you know, I'm always talking about, is the most important thing. But I also think that it is, it does take that one person to write, spark that, spark that little interest inside of a person so they can say, you know what, let me help collaborate with you or let me, you know, create this sense of community um, so I, I can ensure that I feel it as well as other people. And so hopefully, you know, with that mindset, if, if I can create a sense of community, everyone else can, brings UNLV together in the best way possible. And, I, and I've seen it happen, you know. Um, and so especially during this year, this community um, of UNLV, people have so been so supportive of each other and people, you know, the outside Las Vegas community has been so supportive of UNLV. I think this is the the best year that we've seen UNLV come together as a community, and I'm happy to say that I, you know, I've gotten to spend my term um, here at UNLV as a student body president, seeing this community building. So it seems like a lot of your uh, principles are built upon leadership and leading by example. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that begs the question to me: How do you define a leader? What do you think are good traits in a leader? Yeah, I think the best, the biggest thing is right, being able to listen to understand rather than listening to respond. I think that is the biggest thing that a leader can have, and that's how you really find leaders. Um, you know, people who want to manage and people who want to, you know, overtake things are going to listen to you and then quickly respond um, to make you, you know, feel like they have an answer for everything. But I don't think that a lot of people understand who want to be leaders or who are not reaching that leadership opportunity um, section is that you have to listen to what people are saying so you can understand what they mean. And they, it doesn't always have to end in an answer. It sometimes has to end in, you know what, I don't know how to respond right now, and I'm going to figure out a solution, but you're going to have to give me a second to, to figure out that solution. Um, and so I think a lot of also people who, you know, look at leaders in a in a um, inspirational way just want to be heard at the end of the day. And so that's, um, I think, a big thing that leaders do is they, they listen so people can feel heard and that um, taking that and understanding that in order to advocate for people's voices. And so that's what I do, right? Um, I think that I am a leader and I believe that I'm a leader because when people come to me and they say, hey, here are these problems that I feel like I'm facing or I feel like the university's facing, I don't have the answer for all university issues. I really don't. And I think that a lot of people have heard me say that. I don't, I don't, I don't know. 
But in the same breath, let me go figure out and talk to someone who will know and who can find you an answer so we can find solutions to this problem and ensure that we're moving forward. If that answered your question. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I, it's, it's so amazing because, you know, in the former question that I had asked, you know, we talked about how you, you've kind of designed that perfect, perfect college experience. Right. And I think it, it's really centered on because you are able to, um, you're, you're really striving to make the UNLV community kind of like, you know, it's all, it's all inclusive. Everyone's, yeah. you know, participating, interacting with one another. And so that's amazing. Um, and that kind of leads to, you know, we, we talked about what you do specifically like within CSUN, but, um, you know, what does your day-to-day look like, you know, within the RHA? You know, it's kind of a different branch, kind of separate from CSUN. So like, how is that like different? Yeah, so <laughs> it's there's a little bit of difference, but not a little bit of difference, right? Um, because people know I wear so many hats, um, people will reach out to me all day long um, asking, you know, it depends on the email, right? I got 10 different emails that I get to um, oversee um, diff- through these different positions. And so for RHA, it really is, you know, walking around campus, eating in the dining commons, um, watching how people interact in the student union, um, ensuring that, you know, these um, things are up to par, right? Going to advisory board meetings. Um, I know that I help plan those dining advisory board meetings so um, I can ensure that the dining commons is up to par because I know for a lot of students, they don't believe it's up to par. Um, ensuring that, you know, maintenance is working quickly because I know a lot of people have issues with maintenance and flooding and no one likes the Wi-Fi in the in the residence halls because it doesn't work very well because somehow the microwaves all ruin the Wi-Fi in each one of the halls. So just, you know, ensuring that I'm walking around and being available is my day-to-day for RHA president is um, walking around and people being like, hey, you're the RHA president, right? Yes, I am. Cool. I have these issues in my room and I just don't know how, like no one's answering me and no one's answering my emails and I don't know what to do. Cool. Well, you know, here is my phone number and here is how you reach me. Let's figure this out ASAP. Um, You know, ensuring that I have RHA meetings every Tuesday at 7 p.m. in the Warner Building. So students have a place to come and, you know, come and give public comment and say, hey, these are the issues that I'm running into, um, you know, at, um, you know, living here on campus. Because we want to also keep the retention rate going. We want people to come back and say, you know, I want to live on campus again. I have lived on campus for the last four years. Um, and, you know, some somehow I keep coming back. So I want everyone to know and feel the same way, the sense of, you know, Maybe it's not so bad living on campus, but also they have to come and speak and say, you know, speak up for what they need so I can help fix those issues. And so that's the biggest thing is really creating those meetings and those that space for students to feel like, hey, I can come here and this is the one location that I know that I can say all of my issues and I know something's going to get done because they're going to tell me, here are my solutions and here is how we're going to fix this. And, you know, those meetings have all of our residential professional staff at them they're gonna have a solution and and, you know once it goes on public record that you said hey these are the issues something has to be done um, at the end of the day because you know you can look up all of RHA's public meeting uh, minutes if you if someone says something and it's a you know pressing issue and you go back and you're like nothing nothing was done about that 
that's on the professional staff and I don't I don't think that they want you know that hanging over their heads and so they're always going to do something about it right I mean it's it's kind of exactly I mean campus life isn't campus life if you're not like taking into account you know the RHA and residential life right. and you know dining and, and things like that and so you know for me I, I don't I think this is the same for you you know because you've been on campus you know for for a while um, that it really you know staying on campus getting involved on campus you know doing your classes on campus it kind of does form that that college experience, yeah. you know, that, you know, you kind of had said, you know, everyone can have that. Everyone can do the same positions you've done. Everyone can, you know, get involved on campus. Um, you know, they just got to, you know, be proactive about it yeah. um, and kind of make those decisions. Um, my question before I toss it back over to Luca is, um, you know, uh, not everyone is, you know, super leadership oriented or the most uh, outspoken, right? So, you know, for those students that, you know, p maybe want to get involved with CSUN or, you know, RHA, but, you know, maybe they're, you know, a little, you know, apprehensive or, you know, not as outspoken, what would be your advice to them? You know, what what would you say to convince them to come on over and join some of those organizations? Yeah, absolutely. I think that the first, you know, thing is ask questions. Go find the people who are in these positions that you're like, I want to be able to do that someday, or I want to be able to find out how I can be like that person. Ask questions on how they did it. Um, not everyone, like you said, is going to be, um, you know, leader oriented and like, you know what, I'm just ready and gung ho to do this and I just want to jump in like head first, right? Some people want to dip their little toes in the water first. So ask questions. Um, really, you know, go go to meetings and see how those meetings work. Before you know, you take on a role and you're like, whoa, this is too much. Because through meetings and asking questions, and both organizations have um, internship opportunities, right? Really low maintenance. You don't have to go to everything. It's unpaid. You get to choose your path on how you want to um, work in those spaces. You get to choose who you want to work with. Um, you get to really see the workings of how each organization, which are the two biggest org like RSOs on campus, um, you get to see how those work. And so I think that is going that would be the first step is to ask questions, join the internship program, and really go to meetings to see how how things work before you know you feel like you have to jump in because you don't have to. Not everyone is going to be like that. Um, and I think that each organization and I think all RSOs on campus have people who want to teach you about their organizations and they want to see you come and hold leadership programs or positions in their organizations and it just takes a hello right a hi I'm kind of interested but I don't know where to get you know where to get started and I don't know what to do first from there I don't know a person who's going to be like no you can't know about how to get involved. Like, there's no, there's no way. And so, um, you know, involvement fairs are super important. Like, that's the that's the place that you say, hi, I don't know how to get involved, but I want to get involved. That's what I did as a first year student. Is you know, I was a little scared first year, didn't know what to do. Um, and it just takes that little step, and everyone is gonna be like, okay, cool, let's go. Let me teach you how to do this. Um, let me make this like not scary because I want you to be in my organization. But like I'm really excited. I'm holding in all of my excitement. Everyone does that. Every organization does that. But it just takes right that person to take dip their big toe in the water just a little bit, just just a tiny bit to see what's going on. 
See, you know, a lot of people on, I think, from people that I've talked about, you know, um, they always have that misconception. They think that, like, CSUN's, like, Fight Club. Like, we don't talk about Fight Club, right? <laughs> you have to, like, be right. invited. It's like, no, like, uh, everyone that I've met within CSUN has been, like, so supportive with, you know, students wanting to get involved. You know, I've talked with you, you know, just a couple weeks ago about, you know, how students can get involved. I know you have, you know, like you said, you have internship programs, which are an amazing opportunity for them to connect with, you know, other CSUN members, you know, kind of gain that experience, dip their toe in the water you know, and kind of think about what they do. But you, you also host public meetings for both organizations yeah. that people can go to. They can see how it functions. They can ask questions. They can find out what's happening in the UNLV community. So it's there's definitely a lot of um, resources there. So I really hope that, you know, students take advantage of those. Um, but Luca, uh, what about you? You have some questions here? Sure. So my questions are going to be oriented a little bit more towards your experience as a student. I want to make sure the listeners at home know that you're a human being and not just the, the figurehead <laughs> right. of the student government here. Yes. So my question for you is, uh, having lived on campus myself, I understand that a lot of people have this issue where because they're living at their university, it's kind of hard to separate their recreational time from their university time. And it can lead to a lot of issues with like procrastination and stuff like that. Yep. So how do you unwind after one of your days where you've worn all these many hats? How do you take a step back and breathe and make time for yourself? Yeah, it's a good question. So um, my number one rule for myself is I never take schoolwork home or to my room. Um, I, I never do that because once I bring work or schoolwork into my room, it's no longer my safe space. Um, that's the space where I get to unwind. I get to, you know, watch TV. I can make myself hot chocolate with marshmallows. Um, I have a little hamster. And so she runs around when I get, you know, back to my room. And so that's just, that's that's the unwinding, right? Is I get to, I get to come back to a room and take a deep breath and, you know, I could sit on my couch or, you know, lay in bed and just take a really big deep breath. But I also, I will never pull out homework. I will never answer emails um, in that room because once I do that, then right, like you said, then the, the lines get blurry and then I no longer am, you know, taking time for myself and I'm no longer... I'm allowing a space where I set a boundary, even for myself, right? Setting boundaries for people is, uh, for other people is important, but I'm setting a boundary for myself to say, this space is for me and me only. And it's not for other people because once I, once I start doing other things for other people, then that's all that space is. And then I, you know, I feel like I have to go to bed in a place where I do my homework. And I know that's a lot of issues that students have is that, you know, when you are up and you're doing homework in bed, it's hard to fall asleep in the same bed because your body is so used to you sitting in that one spot doing things and your brain working. So your brain thinks and, you know, is stimulated the same way once you lay your head on the pillow, you're still stimulated as if you're doing homework. And it's really hard to fall asleep in the same place. And so that is the biggest thing is that I don't like to do that. Now, self-care is not my best thing. I don't do self-care very well. I take showers and I sing and I have concerts in my showers and that is my self-care. Um, <laughs> but, you know, everyone should have their self-care. And so, you know, in retrospect, if I spend enough time in my room, I would do more self-care, you know, besides the 40-minute showers because I have concerts every day that I take. But, you know, I think that that's something that everyone should be able to do right is if you live on campuses set that boundary for yourself you know if you are going to do homework don't do it in bed and make a space that you know this desk is for homework and homework only 
And then when I get into bed, that's for, you know, scrolling on TikTok. That's for, you know, taking time for myself. Don't intermix those because then then you never can separate them again. Once your your brain mixes them and says, you know what, you could do everything in this one spot, then there's never going to be a separation and it's really hard to come back from that. So when you say that it can intermix them, is that speaking from personal experience then? Or? Yeah, it is. So my, you know, my first year, I, I would sit in bed all day and would do homework. And then I would wonder to myself, you know, why I'm staying up till three, four o'clock in the morning, you know, forcing myself to go to sleep is because I'm so awake and thinking like, wow, I could do homework. This is, this is the place that I do homework. And so my brain never shuts off because it's always on go when I'm sitting in that spot. But once I learned that, you know, I could teach myself that I sleep here, but I could go to my desk and I do homework here, there's a, there's a differ- differentiation that my brain has. I don't know how it does, but my brain knows when I'm at the desk, it's work time. When I go to my office, right, you know, it's work time. But when I come home and I, go, I get it to get in my room and, and things like that, it's unwind time. It's no longer, you know, let me pull out my computer and do this one last thing. Nope. It's zip the backpack up, hang the backpack up, and then be done. Um, but it, it took it took a long time. It took my whole entire freshman year to understand don't do homework in bed. Um because it, it doesn't it doesn't work like that. It, it's really hard to be able to do that, especially in, and I know I would have friends over and I feel like, you know what, I got to do homework. I got to pull something out and I have to make myself busy instead of just being OK to just sit and like be OK for a second and not do things. So unless I was at my desk, I got to just roam free. I got to be a freelancer in my room. Um, but, you know, as a student, as a human being, like you said, it didn't it wasn't like crazy. I know that this is like the magic answer when I first walked onto UNLV's campus. It, it took a minute. Um, and I can say now, you know, four years later, don't I don't do my homework in bed and I won't take work home with me, um, especially because I work, sleep, play, eat and do everything on the same in the same spot. There's no, I, you know, my my room is five minutes away from my class, which is also five minutes away from my office. And they all intermingle. People know where I live. Can't tell you how many times people have knocked on my door to be like, "Hey, my sink's flooding. That's cool. Here's the work order, but this is me time. This is me time. If you need me, my office is over there, or catch me when I'm walking out of my room." Um, but because I, you know, work, eat, sleep, and do all of that in the same spot, it was really hard the, these past four years to understand how do I make one space my safe space where I don't feel like I have to do anything and I have to you know, turn on a different Michaela that just is like not a relaxed Michaela. Um, and that's another thing that took a long time to learn is that I don't always have to be on go mode. I don't always have to be president Michaela. I don't always have to be orientation leader Michaela. There is some like relaxation and and like taking a, a minute to take a breath, um, Michaela, right? And so that's why I don't take work home. That's my long answer on why I don't do homework and work it, it makes so much sense honestly <laughs> because i mean you know i i'm guilty i'm like definitely the person that you're staying up like you know two o'clock in the morning like still going right. um but i think it is really just a really important point that you've kind of like made is that it is um it's very important to 
not get lost and you know you're you know you're on the university campus that you're just constantly only doing university stuff right it's very unhealthy you know constantly you know if all you're doing is just doing homework or if all you're doing is you know just consistently studying just in your dorm room 24 7 it's important to kind of like make a better balance even if it's right. like every day at a time right you know go out and you know hang out with people go to those events um you know if you're going to be studying try to separate it from your free time and yeah. don't have them blend together so that's really cool all right so i want to pivot back to to president michaela here for a moment <laughs> let's do it <laughs> uh, and ask you what will probably be one of the harder questions that i asked so far today okay. which has been what has been your greatest mistake as the leader of all these organizations what do you think has been your tripping point hmm that's a that's a good question He's playing hardball here <laughs> he is he, he threw it in there <clears throat> that's a good question i think I think my biggest mistake is that it has now taken until, what, it's February for us to almost fill all positions in CSUN. I don't know what happened at the beginning of the year where we just, like, could not fill and hold people in their positions, and that's really hard right, is because, you know, I sit on principles of, you know, if you want to see change happen, then you have to be the change. You have to be the person that's making the change. And I thought that, you know, I was, I was running with it. I thought that that was, you know, people were hearing me when I said that and like we were on go mode, but we could for some reason not fill all those positions. I, I don't, I don't know what was happening. And so I think that was been like the biggest mistake is that I didn't dive a little bit deeper into knowing why we were not getting the involvement that I originally wanted. Um, and I think also, right, as I started a whole new department, a diversity, equity, and inclusion department, and I wish I did more in that. Um, I know that my CSUN term ends in April, and I know I created that position in order to show that CSUN is, you know, very inclusive. We have um, equity-based programs. We have inclusive programs and in that, you know, we're working to really um, hit, you know, the the diversity here that UNLV, you know, shows, but I wish I did more. Um, you know, it was there. We did some diversity programs. Um, you know, all of I can I can confidently say that all of my CSUN um, people are um, diversity, equity, inclusion trained, and so that's good. But I wish I, you know, we did a little bit more outreach to the students to show, you know, that we are um, we uphold um, the the standard of diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, for all students here at campus. And so I think those are the two biggest things that, you know, if I went and, and did a did do-over that I would I would say um, I would want to, to focus a little bit more on. Um, I could say now, you know, that we have 24 out of 25 Senate seats um, filled, hopefully after um, a couple of weeks that we'll have all of our judicial council filled um, and we'll have a full executive board but it shouldn't take until February when all terms end in April for that to happen, right? And so um, that, I think, is the biggest thing that, you know, whoever comes in after me and, you know, I, I wish I could be able to do different is that having a full CSUN, you know, all three branches filled and having a whole good working internship program is how we make sure that students feel heard and that students are represented because that's what CSUN is there for. But they weren't fully represented, unfortunately, because we just didn't have positions filled. And I think um, that would, that, you know, that was my biggest beat. Okay. 
Okay. Pivoting here. I don't want to. I don't want to stay on the negative too long. <laughs> let's let's take it the complete opposite direction here. What's been your greatest success as a member of leadership here at UNLV? Yeah, um, my biggest success is getting into the position. Um, we, my my cabinet and I, we made history on UNLV's campus, being the first um, all female. Um, and black ticket that CSUN has ever had um, and that CSUN has brought into um, their space. And so I think that is my biggest accomplishment is I never felt like I saw people who look like me in CSUN. And so that was the whole reason why I joined in the first place. And so to have that and bring that into CSUN for the first time has been my biggest my biz- biggest accomplishment is finding two other people who have never been in CSUN before um, you know, we are all seniors. And so for them to say, you know, they've been here five, six years and never interacted with CSUN was the craziest thing I've ever heard, but also was the best thing that I've heard because they're bringing an outside perspective. So not only are we making history, I'm bringing two people who have never um, been in CSUN and are you know connecting with students on a level of, hey, I don't know what CSUN is, and I know you don't know what CSUN is, but... How do we together make CSUN, um, the CSUN community, a little bit stronger so you know what you're doing and in turn help me with my job? Um, so I would say that was my biggest accomplishment is, you know, becoming president and doing it with the ticket that made history at UNLV. I mean, that, that's amazing. I, You know, it, one of the coolest things, you know, I, I do admissions work, uh, so, do, so does Luca. And, and one of the things that we talk about with a lot of, you know, prospective students or students that are coming to UNLV is, you know, how diverse the UNLV campus is. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's, it's sad how in some organizations it's just now starting to kind of show how diverse it is. But it's also really cool, you know, that organizations like, you know, CSUN, they, they are, they show that they're inclusive. They show that they're diverse, that mm-hmm. they, they represent, you know, all manner of the students on campus. And I think that that's just absolutely amazing because, you know, we are one of the most diverse campuses in the country. Right. Um, so it's really cool that that's actually being represented. Um, I know Luca asked you kind of a hardball question and so I'm going to have to throw you a hardball question <laughs> okay. too but don't worry. I'm ready. Um, you know it's all about that transparency. Um, there are some students on campus you know uh, there's always going to be those sorts of people and they're going to be like you know we feel like CSUN doesn't do enough right. Yeah. What is your response to that? I think uh, my response would be <clears throat> if you don't believe that we're doing enough then you come do it right and and not in you know like a, a rude or disrespectful way but if you believe that CSUN is not doing enough and you think that there should be more, you obviously have things that you believe CSUN should be doing, right? So then I would say you take that and you come do it because we need people who who, who need that. Um, I think sometimes, you know, people get into CSUN with all of these grandiose ideas and then they get really nervous when they're in the position for some reason. We need people who, you know, have ideas and come tell us the ideas so we can go do it or you come do it. We'll pay and we'll pay you to do it, too. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is that I mean, that I guess that that would be my answer. That's my that, I mean, answer. That's, that's, you, that's, you come do it. <laughs> that, that's the perfect response. Yeah. I mean, right. If because if I mean, you're you're just right in the sense that, you know, if people have those ideas, right, they're a university student. Yeah. 
then why not, you know, kind of make the try to turn those ideas into something, right? right. Make make a change with it. You you mentioned, you know, that all pretty much all of those positions are going to be, you know, pretty much opening up all again, you yep. know, here in April because you know all those terms end and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I know Luca's going to want to talk to you a little bit about it as well. Absolutely. Um, but it, it's really going to be a time where you know it's going to be a really big turning point for all those people that you know have those ideas. It's like just in a couple of months they're going to open up and you can like you know implement those ideas yeah. you can try to make a change you can get involved and that's that's really really cool absolutely all right back to me i also think it's hilarious that we're two white dudes talking about diversity but um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway moving on from that uh my, my next question for you is pretty straightforward uh you talked a little bit about short-term goals with grad school uh what's your long-term goal what's next for you yeah. Um, so right now, I currently work at T-Mobile Arena, um, where our fearless Golden Knights play um, as a supervisor of uh, the premium suites. And so we're going to kind of stay there, see how far we can move up in um, positions like that. Um, you know, I want to be able to do, you know, as we talk about diversity, equity, inclusion, I want to do diversity, equity, inclusion, and leadership trainings on an executive level um, and really dive into hiring practices um, within hospitality, right? Being able to see, you know, how do you ensure that you have the most unbiased hiring practices, right? Where, you know, different or specific demographics are not sitting in specific places or in job holdings, right? You know, I don't want... Um, I've seen a lot of, and I, and I don't want this to continue happening, is like, you know, the Hispanic and uh, Latino and Latina communities feeling like they, their all of their experience has to go to janitorial experience. There's so much more, right? Or for, you know, African-American and Black um, identifying people to feel like, oh, I have to be security, you know, for the stance and the, and the strongness that I possibly hold or my build, right? There are so many other positions, right? And then so how do you dive farther into it and say, you know, what's the difference between school-based experience versus hands-on experience? And how do you differentiate the two? Because not everyone has access to, to schooling like other people do, right? And so how do you um, look at that within the hiring practice? And while you're interviewing people, you know, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you've got, what, three papers, you got an undergraduate, you've got a master's and a doctoral. That's really cool. But then when, when I, you know, if you're looking at me like that and then and compared to someone else who has so much hands-on experience and have, has been doing this job for 10 plus years, how do, how do you differentiate the two? And how do you pick between two candidates, one having, you know, these papers and, you know, you know textbook um, experience versus, how, versus someone who has hands-on experience? And so really diving deep into that, I want to be able to, you know, see how far we can get within hiring practices on an executive level and see where other people's heads are at. Um, and ensure that you know people are looking at um, these processes in the most equitable and inclusive way that they can. I mean, firstly, another hat. No, I'm just. <laughs> I just it's 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 amazing that on yes. top of everything you do on campus, you also work for T-Mobile. I think yeah. that that's absolutely amazing. Um, but I think that that's an amazing response. You know, especially you know, there's in a lot of industries. You know, there's there's that very much that you know. Again, to to quote Luca, you know, two white guys talking about diversity, but um, it's. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, discrimination in hiring processes. There's a lot of, you know, unequal treatment between, you know, different parties based on ethnicity and background and education and all, all those like different things. And I truly think that it should just be one of those things where it should be just an unbiased process of yeah. who's best to fill the position, right? right? Based on, you know, your experiences and things like that. Um, and I think it's really cool that you're looking into, you know, 
you know, a, a textbook education versus like on hands like experience right. and, you know, how to kind of differentiate that. So that's actually, you know, really, really cool. Yeah. So my question for you is ultimately, since you are a hospitality student mm -hmm. and you are looking at a possible master's in hospitality as well. Yep. Would you like to eventually have your own business where you have these hiring practices or would you just like to climb the ladder in another organization? Like, would you like to be like the, the top dog at like the wind or something? Or do you want to make your own hotel? Like, what's your what's your dream here? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> dream shameless, big. Shame, shameless plug. So my dad currently does. So the way the what I just explained, right, my dad does that. But for children's hospital across America. Um, and he has his own business um, where he literally will go to different um, hospitals. He'll go to different businesses and have these like leadership talks and these um, diversity and equity inclusion trainings and they pay him. And then, you know, he like will sit and have like a six month plan of how do we ensure we change your hiring practices and how do we ensure that, you know, in hospitals, you are being the most equitable um, doctor you can be in that space. And so I want to be like my dad. I know that's like, oh, I want to be like my dad and do that. But for hospitality on the other side, right, to be able to create my own, you know, business where I can go to different hotels um, across the world, right? I don't even want to stay in just America. I want to do this like internationally and have these conversations um, about ensuring that these hiring practices are the most equitable and inclusive that they can be um, is like the coolest dream that I could have. Um, you know, and I, who doesn't love working for themselves? As hard as that is, who doesn't love working for themselves? That's, I, that's great. I mean, I just, I find the whole thing like a full circle moment. Like you were inspired kind of like by, you know, your, your dad. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're also like here on campus kind of like also inspiring like others. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's really, really cool, honestly, just yeah. overall. Um, and I think, you know, it's uh, one of my favorite um, quotes. I don't know where it's from, but um, we'll just call it a me thing. Um, think big, dream big, go big. Right. right. And, you know, you've thought big, you're dreaming big, and then yeah. you're going to like put it into practice, you know, yeah. graduating, which I think is just amazing. Absolutely. So we're getting we're getting pretty close to the time here. Uh, so I want to pass the buck over to you, actually, and see, is there anything that we have not talked about yet that you'd like to talk about or any questions you have for us? Um, I guess the biggest thing, right, is that now elections are open um, as of, yep, today. Um, elections are open. Filing periods um, are open. And so if you, um, listeners who are listening, if you are aspiring to be, you know, student body president, student body vice president or Senate president, um, the opportunity is now, right? Your time starts now. Opportunities start now. Um, and this this is the time to do it right as we talked about like if you have the ideas come be the person to do it this is the time to do it right now you know and so it's really um and my my mindset it's easy to do you know you just go to the you know csun website and you click the filing packet and you fill it out and you hope and cross your fingers for the best that you can sit in my seat and take my office over in April. Um, but it is, it's time now, right? And a lot of people in CSUN are graduating on the Senate level. So starting about in May, paying attention to see, you know, what Senate seats open up. I know we're still looking for an education senator right now, but there are many senators who are planning on leaving because they have to graduate. And so I think that 
it's really important that like we start now paying attention to open opportunities and leadership opportunities to enhance your college journey, enhance your UNLV experience, and, you know, floof up the resume because why not floof up the resume? Um, so that, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, shameless plug on elections that are coming up in CSUN right now is <laughs> it's open, so go do it. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think I think that that was it. I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, just for the elections, I mean, you guys have so many resources available. You know, if anyone's interested, you know, go to the, go to the CSUN website. They have all the information on there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it's going to be kind of like a fresh start, right? I mean, you said that there's going to be so many of you guys graduating, you know, this spring that, you know, come, you know, next year, you know, the, the next semester, um, it's going to be kind of a whole new ball game for, yeah. for CSUN. So, you know, my question I mean, my last question is just kind of like, you know, what's next for you in terms of, you know, this semester? Like, is CSUN, you know, kind of done for this semester? Are you guys going to keep, like, chugging away? Are you guys just going to start working on kind of that, you know, helping that transition of getting newer people in? That's a good question. No, we're hitting the ground running. We're moving fast. We have lots of event ideas. We have lots of plans. I know all of the senators, you know, they have things planned. The executive board, we have, you know, um, voter registration events planned. We've got, um, you know, initiatives that we're starting um, for the semester to help, you know, start the the new executive board off on a really good foot and so um, I know we have scholarships that um, are opening up we have grants that we are hoping to approve in the next couple of weeks we've got um, sponsorships that we're creating still and and things like that so um, no we're we're not done I don't think CSUN is ever done um, but I know that right now we are we're working fast and we're working hard um, I know a lot of us who are graduating in May are trying to ensure that we really make that long-lasting footprint, and we're ensuring that our footprint stays, um, especially me, right? I know that I leave um, in May, but my term ends up in April. I want to ensure that I everything that I said I wanted to do, every dream that I had that I wanted to see Sun do, I've got three months to do it, and best believe I'm going to do it, um, you know? And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard. But CSUN's gonna be working as hard, you know, harder than I've ever seen it work in the last four years, and hopefully we impact the student body, you know, the way that I'm hoping and, and the way that I want to. That's part of our motto, right? Rebels make it happen. We make it happen, and I'm gonna make it happen. That's Absolutely. Great. Great. <laughs> well, Luca, do you have any other, you know, like kind of questions left? I think I'm pretty much dry on the well here. So thank you so much for coming on our show today, Michaela. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, would you like to plug an Instagram or anything before we close out here today? Um, yeah, so, you know, if you ever have any questions, my office until April 30th is on the third floor in the Student Union, um, room 313R. It's kind of weird that I know that. Um, my email is Michaela.Franklin. It's also on the CSUN website. I'm not spelling out my name. I kind of think that's weird. Um, but my Instagram, I will spell out my Instagram is Michaela Bela at M-A-K-A-Y-L-A-B-A-Y-L-A. And you all can follow me. And I do follow back. I am that nice of a person, so... All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show today, <laughs> Thank Michaela. you for having me. It has been a great time. Thank you so much. And this has been Rebels in the Morning with Luca Pastorino. And Tristan Vernon. Join us next time. Well, we'll be, we'll be interviewing someone. We'll figure out when we get there. <laughs>